Welcome back to Created to Thrive podcast. This is episode number 22, and I am going to talk about how do you walk by faith and not by sight, and what does that even look like? What is that process of seeking the heart of the Father to follow Him and His leading and not knowing exactly uh, what the outcome is going to be, but just knowing that there's something drawing you to take that step of faith. So I have my husband back on to share really his journey of how he left his executive career to go to Bible school. And it wasn't to go into seminary where he had the goal of becoming a pastor or having, you know, a great ministry. It was simply through the desire and the leading of the Holy Spirit to have him get to know God in such a real and personal way without the distractions of work and the world and all the things pulling on him to really have a time of separation to discover. And I want to share that with you today because I really want to help you learn to walk by faith and not by sight because there is more to life than what you're currently experiencing. And it's found in that discovery process with the Lord. So listen in. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. Well, welcome back, friend. Today, I have my husband back on the podcast with me. And really, for the month of February, I'm going to have him um, on here with me because it's important that we hear the testimonies of other people. You know, it says in Revelation that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, not loving our lives to the death. And it's the word of our testimony. It's testifying to what the word, what Jesus has done in our life and how he has transformed us to be and have all that he designed for us. So welcome, Fred. Hey, thanks for having me once again, Lori. Appreciate it. (laughs) Sure. Well, we started to, in the last couple of podcasts, talk about, um, you know, what it's like to walk by faith and not by sight and to really unpack that that process and you started to talk about how you left your executive career and went into bible study but or bible school but let's talk about that journey now and the first thing that you talked about was you had to remember god's faithfulness and the steps that you took of faith so share that just a little bit um yeah <laughs> quitting your job and 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 just dropping everything selling everything and going to bible school you'd think it would be a, looking at it from from most people's perspective, the first thing that many of our friends and people thought is, what is, what is, did they join a cult? (laughs) Did they, I mean, are you kidding me? They're giving up a real nice income, beautiful house in a very good area, and they're going to actually sell it and go live in Colorado Springs and rent a house and go to Bible school for two years, or maybe three. And, uh, you know, most people, most people had a hard time with that. And, and, um, you know, family members will question question something like that, and 
And uh, a lot of people will think you're crazy. I had one person, that uh, my boss's boss at the company I work for, actually hung up on me because he thought I was going to work for a competitor because he actually did not believe that I was actually <laughs> going to go to Bible school because it did, just doesn't, they can't comprehend such a move. And first thing I'll say is, you know, you just don't wake up one day and say you're going to drop everything, uh, sell everything and, and, and go do something. And, and what I'd like to say and and let everybody know it's just a series of, of very, very small steps and remembering the small steps and seeing God faithful as you work those small steps that are, and the small steps are usually little things that are outside your understanding mm-hmm. and little steps that, that go against your typical either financial um, financial understanding or actually relational relationship understanding. So as you do these small things, eventually you work up to where you're exercising your faith and you're more, actually more willing to, and you usually are more willing to, to step into these bigger things because you've, you've, you've trained yourself or you've discipled yourself to become to a point where you actually trust God into your, to your opening statement about in Revelation to the death. And sometimes you get to a point where, well, this is going to kill me, but no, it's actually good for you. So it feels like, yeah. So it all really started from a series of small steps. And I actually go back into my, I go back along quite a long ways to when I was first saved. And I think I mentioned on the last podcast where I, I sold a huge knife set, and and that was like one of the first steps. And I remembered that. So there's always that memorial stone in your in your conscience or in your mind. Mm-hmm. And when you remember these things, and another time is, uh, let me just say, is really important is that the more you do this, the more you can hear the voice of God. It's because you're 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 picking up your cross, you're removing your your selfish, you're moving the flesh, you're moving your understanding. You're actually picking up your cross by doing these things because you're crucifying the flesh. Right. And the more you do this, the actually more you actually can hear the voice of God leading you. Mm-hmm. And and go ahead. No, I just it, it. So if you if you don't if you haven't listened to us yet, go back to the last um, episode number twenty and twenty one, and just to to recap, you had talked about you know learning to go from fear to faith, which is really trust. You have to trust and believe that God is good, that God is for you, and that you're His son, you're His daughter, and. We had separated in at the end of 2005 and in the beginning of 2006, and God did a miracle in our hearts and turned us, first of all, to, to God and then turned us to each other, and we did not get divorced. And then it was a journey of really um, learning to trust God even more because we had to trust God you know, vertically and then horizontally, and that's a process. And... It was in 2011, or excuse me, 2010, that you really were at this um, crux of desiring to live the life that God had for you, and there was just a lot of things that were um, going on. So the second step, so first of all, we have to remember God's faithfulness and remember the small steps of, of faith that we have taken. But then you had to separate yourself from all of the noise and distractions in order to hear God's still small voice, to lean in and press in and to really, it wasn't just reading the word, it was spending time in his presence. And that is what you did in um, the end of 2010, because you were um, 
really pressing in. So why don't you share about what you had to do before you made the decision to go to Bible school? Well, yeah, this a good, very good point on the separation side. I, the, you know, obviously things were progressing with us as we we're coming on a reconciliation, but God put it on my heart to actually go to an, a men's event in the hill country of Texas. It was just outside Austin. <clears throat> And it was really a remarkable event for me and a turning point in my life because it really taught me some things. And what it taught, and during the course of the event, not only was there a focus on scripture, but there was a, a focus on um, vulnerable, being vulnerable right. with, with, with men, which is very, it's very, very <laughs> difficult because men really don't like to be vulnerable. Sure. And that's a whole other separate t- talk. But what it really taught me was vulnerability, transparency. Uh, authenticity and, and really the key is separation. It has a and I had a lot of moments in that time where you just spent time in quietness, mm-hmm. in focusing on hearing the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And we did that periodically through the event, and it's a really amazing because it separates you. You quiet you quiet your heart from the troubles that are the things that are in your life, but it also takes the world and, and takes it out of contents. I mean, you're not listening to music. You're not playing news. I mean, that'll drive any man sane if you put taking too much of that right now. But it really, really taught me a discipline of separation and quietness. And, you know, I said Jesus went and spent time with the Father in the quiet of the day. It's the first thing he did when he get up. Well, I modeled that, actually. I started modeling that where I'd wake up at four or five in the morning and I'd spend an hour, hour and a half with God in that period and it's where you really hear the voice of God, and it's it's really a remarkable discipline. It's a, and, and it takes takes the Lord, the relationship between the, yourself and the Lord, and it moves it from a a a just a, a head knowledge type thing, and it takes it it actually make take t- takes it to a a personal relationship where you're interacting and communicating, and, and you, you you it's remarkable, and and that's where it all started. And quite remarkable, actually. So well, and and it was interesting because you don't talk to anyone. I mean, you didn't talk to us the whole week. You really remove all your distractions, and you. It's so important that we do this. So wherever you're at and whatever your journey is, it's so important that you take time to get away. And even if it's just for you know a day, I always recommend at least once a quarter, remove yourself from the distractions and the noise to really press in to be able to hear that small voice. And what was interesting was when you came back, it was like when Moses came down from being with the Lord and his face shone, you you exemplified that. You your face actually shone, your eyes they're blue and they shined like sapphires. And even I could see the glory of God all over your face and others could see it for like two weeks. Even people would look at you and they would stop twice because the presence of God was just so visible and tangible on you. And that was remarkable. Yeah, that was really the start of it. So yeah. then it, I, I gleaned from that experience and I took it with me. I just didn't set it down and I kept moving forward because once you're in the presence and a relational presence of God and you hear his voice and you understand his leaning and then, and then he starts putting desires in your heart and you start following those desires... Uh, that's it. That's that's the that's where faith actually becomes um, real. That's when you start taking these small small steps of risk, right. where you do things that are outside 
uh, monetary norms, where you take steps that are outside of uh, human relational norms and doing things that are counterculture or counter uh, under human understanding. Right. And it's in that relationship is where you start doing things. That are, and it all starts with actually taking time and spending and separating yourself and hearing God. Right. And Jesus demonstrated that every day. Right. Well, in Psalm 37, 4 is one of my favorites that says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And your heart desire was you knew there was more to life than you were currently experiencing. You know, our relationship was good. I mean, we were growing in, in our own intimacy. And, and as we grew closer to the Lord, we grew closer to each other. But there was more that you knew was there. And this then caused you this um, coming off of this um, time of separation and this retreat for you was really that catapult to say, I'm going to go for what God's putting on my heart because you had spent time in his word and in his presence, that his desires for you became your desires. Well, it really gets down to a developing a relationship of trust. Yeah. And when you have that intimacy with God, what's established in your heart is an, is an element of trust. And he starts putting these desires in your heart. And, and because the trust level is there, you actually are more eager to step into those things. And that's, that's, that's how faith is developed and exercised. And that's how you step into it. And, and you have to understand and believe in the, in the absolute of God that he's absolutely for you and loves you. Right that he's life and he's not going to hurt you, even though if, when he asks you to put you in a desire in the heart is counter, counterculture, again, counter-financial, counter-relational, um, and, and there's an element of risk to it. And and I tell you, when you start stepping out and, and when you start start stepping out in these things and you and you watch the, the, the amazing, when you watch his amazing um, grace fall upon your faith, I mean, it just opens up a whole nother world. And, and since that time, um, it's it's our lives have been completely different. And we'll do things that are so far outside what more, more, most people people <laughs> they find it's completely strange. But a lot of people actually admire it and right. and um, and wish they could do it. And and I just say that everybody can do it. Sure. You just have to start. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I remember when you came back and, and you were, you know, we, we did a lot of, uh, praying and discussing. And it was really when you said, I feel God's calling me to go to Bible college, but I can't work and do Bible college at the same time. And so what we did then was we went into a time of prayer and fasting so that we could, again, put down our flesh, which is our five senses, our human reasoning, a way in Proverbs it says there's a, um, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. So we didn't want to know what was right in our own eyes. You know, Proverbs um, 3 says that um, not to be wise in our own eyes. So we had to then, one, be in unity because we're married and we have to be in that oneness, in that unity. Um, and so we started praying and fasting. And the word that I got for you was to immerse yourself. And at this point, I'm just praying for you to hear from God and what we're to do and how all that worked. And then um, started pressing into where do we even go? You know, here's the thing. When you said you wanted to go to Bible school, it wasn't that you wanted to go into ministry, that you wanted to be a pastor. 
it wasn't a career goal that you wanted. No, it absolutely wasn't a career goal that I wanted. In fact, I had a good career, and you know, you think on paper that's what I wanted. I mean, it was a very nice income, had the nice house, and everything else, and 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 logically and human understanding, that's where you'd want to go. But no, I really had no desire, or there was no really desire to be a uh, to to move into the to the to the ministry. You know, you think from your own understanding that that's what God would have you do, but that was completely opposite. He. It was completely to enhance the relationship and to take it to another level and to really immerse yourself into the Word of God. Um, you know, it, it's, it, says in, it says in Scripture that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So this was just a, a graduation to a whole other level of hearing God through His Holy Spirit right. to, to understand and know the Word. Right. Because the, the Word is powerful. Uh, the Word is effective. And, and I had to take it to a whole he wanted me to take it to a whole nother level um uh, to be effective yeah and it it really was a discovery process it wasn't a degree that you were searching for or seeking it was not that you wanted to go into seminary you wanted to go to know what you said to me is i want to know who god truly is and who he created me to be i want to become the man god created me to be I could go with that. I didn't have to know. At that point, my faith had been exercised enough to where I trusted that you had grown and developed and wanted to seek the heart of the Father, and I wanted that for you. So that's where we started praying, and we needed to hear um, from the Lord. And it was, again, because we're married, there's that, that covenant of marriage of oneness. He, I, you know, One of the things that I've always prayed for us, Fred, is that God speak to Fred separately speak to me. And then when we come together to talk, we have both heard God separately. And then now we can be in oneness. And God's been so faithful for that. So if you're married, that is a great prayer to pray for your for God to speak to your spouse and you separately. And then when you come together to discuss it, you've already heard God speak. And it makes the decision process so easily. But we had to be in agreement for this because Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together lest they're in agreement? And, but it took time and, and really it was, we were then operated in a gift of faith to be able to do what we did. Um, I will say, and I know I'm speaking a lot for you today, Fred, sorry, but we had to very we had to make sure that we didn't share this with everybody. Like, here's the thing. You don't, God gives you a dream in your heart, a desire in your heart. The problem is we want to tell other people and thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to be so happy for us. They're going to be in agreement. But that's the actually opposite of what happens. There's like one person, maybe two people that are really going to champion you on and help you press into the Lord to discover that. So we went to one person that we knew operated in faith and the word of God and that loved us. And we knew she prayed diligently for us every day and had been for years. So we went to her to share, hey, this is what we feel God has has called us to, is what he's doing. And then we had her pray with us, and that took time to assure our hearts. Yeah, I, I, exactly. What we did is to you know, time is key, especially for the life changing things. Yeah. Uh, you know, not the, the you know the smaller, 
as you exercise in the smaller things, you know, uh, it's wonderful because you can see God move in your life. But when it comes to the life-changing things where you want to move or you're going to do career change or you're going to do something that's just uh, doing, you know, I don't even a, like a mission trip somewhere that's that God's called you to to do and 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 take a life-changing event like that and you know it built you build up to it and and the and the i would say the larger the life-changing event the fewer people you would actually want right. to bring into the fold and because you know if god if god gives you a vision to put something on your heart he's not going to give it to somebody outside of yourself or your marriage right. and you have to really honor honor that and and, and move it and, and be very careful and guard that and pray through that before you step into that. But, you know, going back to everything, you know, it's not like we just all of a sudden one day woke up and God said, go to Bible college. I mean, he can do that. That's his prerogative. He does that for some people, but it's, it really was a series of small faith steps that yeah. led to the buildup of the trust and the, and the under the trust and the faith and and more importantly, the relationship and the, in, in hearing him through his Holy spirit, and I also just want to say that his hear, your hearing of him through his Holy Spirit, he also he also puts desire that, and I just want to say that he really puts that strong desire yeah. in your heart, and 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 that he leads me a lot through desire, right? And um, and it usually li- it lines up with his word, and it's usually counter to counter to your flesh and counter to your thinking and counter what other people would think you should do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that want to direct your lives direct your life. There's a lot of people that want to give you guidance and, or advice. Uh, but I would say when, when when the Lord and the Holy Spirit puts a desire in your heart and it speaks to you, um, uh, you have to get away from the, the, the voices. You have to get away from the world. You have to block things out to hear what that is. And it's and I, I firmly believe on that. Uh, for example, our move to Florida and our certain moves after Bible school were very much Holy Spirit but desire-led. And all of them were counter to what most people would give us advice for. Yeah. And I just remembered something that um, God planted that seed in your heart way back when we were first married. We had um, we were living in St. Louis at the time. I think it was like 1997. And I remember you said to me, Lori, I think you I think God's calling me into ministry. And I said, Oh no, we will not be broke. <laughs> I really put the kibosh on that because my view of ministry was broke, busted, and disgusted. There was nothing that I had seen in the church ministry. Now, hear my heart. It it wasn't appealing to me, and everything that I had seen and been involved with was very oppressive, and um, I was not ready. So part of you... Then back in 2010, really 2000, the beginning of 2011, when we really pressed in, was all of these small steps throughout the year. So God had put that desire to be in ministry, but it looks very different. You are in the business place ministry. That is where you get to meet people right where they're at. They love God, but they don't necessarily go to church. They're not... um, you know, so much in the word, but you get to be that living epistle for them. You get to reveal God's love, life, and light to them in everyday um, 
everyday situations. But God had put that in your heart way back in the 1990s, and it had never left you. It just wasn't time. You know, I just remember like, um, or I think about um, when God anointed David, you know, it was 13 plus years before he actually became king. God had put that in your heart to seek him first, his ways, his righteousness, and all these other things are added to you. Well, I, a couple of things that, that, that comes to mind when you say that. I, first of all, I think it's unfortunate, but I think we've relegated ministry to the five-fold church structure. Right. And if you actually study scripture, you can find out the acts were all ministers. Right. And, you know, what makes a, what, what in the sense that we're all, actually, if we're all part of the family of, of God through Christ, if we're all ministers, what's that look like? And yeah. what makes a successful minister? I, and I've defined successful ministry as having the ability to, to influence others for the cause, for his, for his cause. To advance that his all kingdom. would come into the knowledge of him, yeah. that all would know him, yeah. that all would be, all would prosper. And I look at my ministry as in the, in, as a ministry, in the business world, to influence people for the cause of Christ, mm-hmm. whether it's planting seed, whether it's praying for them, or it's reaching out, and 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 I find I find most people when I when I approach it this way are very receptive to it in my circles mm-hmm. and and are willing to have side conversations and willing to 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 really honor what what we, what we do and and I I find it very highly effective. But uh, that's what you know. Yes, did Jesus call me into the ministry? When he's yes, he did, but my in your lens and my lens at that point put it in a box. Right, right. He well, just put our it hearts a, were were not established yet. Yes, you know, church church is great. It's wonderful. It's an an excellent training ground. Right. It's a wonderful place to grow and to be protected as you grow as as a as a as a Christian. But at the end of the day, ministry is not done on the four walls. Correct. Ministry is done every day in every interaction. You have an opportunity to influence somebody yes. for the cause of Christ and for his for his kingdom. And yeah. to me, that's successful ministry. Yeah. yeah. So just as you had said, we had to be very careful about who we told when we were making that decision to, you know, for you to leave your executive position. Um, I had stopped us from really pursuing what God had back in the 1990s. Um, and I had to repent of that. I, I remember when the Lord opened my eyes to that um, shortly after we had separated, um, you know, I was devastated thinking that I had blocked God's plan. And I'll never forget God's kindness because I was just weeping, thinking, oh my goodness, what did I do? I prevented you from really fulfilling what God had for you. And the Lord in his kindness just said, Lori, you're not that powerful. (laughs) (laughs) You can't block what I have for my son. I can prevent the timing of it, and I can get us off track to where, but the Lord can supersede anything. And that power of a yes, and he can fast track you. So if you're listening today and you feel like you were like me and like, oh my goodness, I blew it. I totally was disobedient. I prevented God's will from being done in my life. Simply, you know, when you mess up, you fess up. And you get right with God from the standpoint of you acknowledge what you did, but then you receive his mercy and his love and grace. And it just will take you and will 
it will just take you on that new level of intimacy with him. You know, when you heard his correct, his wonderful, loving, correcting voice, and his correcting voice is loving, it's not condemning. Exactly. Okay, he does not condemn no. you, he loves you. And he, yes. Yes, and he does correct you. But to get to a point to hear that, you had to go through the separation. Yeah. You have to block out the flesh, and you have yeah. to block out the world, and you have to get quiet before him. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's in that quiet time is where he resets your heart. Mm-hmm. resets your vision, resets your focus, mm-hmm. and he puts you on back on the picks you up, dusts you off, puts you right back on that path. It's in the hearing, it's in the in the quiet is where things get straightened out. Right. And again, reflecting back on this or what we said earlier, you have to move in faith. You have to separate yourself and get quiet and hear him. Yeah. Yeah. And and too, I'm just remembering that you know, because we're married, we had to be in agreement. I had already separated myself to be hearing God. I had, when we separated at the end of 2005, I, and we've talked about this in our, in our story of, I released you to the Lord and I started focusing only on Jesus to um, know him and become him. So I had already gone through that process of separation. I had um, remove myself from the world's way of thinking, so to speak, so that I could start operating in his way, truth, and life. And so that was really important from a marriage standpoint with I had already separated myself. I was already in a position to now be in agreement with you. And that was an important thing where I was not back in the 1990s. Well, uh, again, I, I think, yes, that's how it happened with us. Right. Okay, you you separate. I think in the end, of the, the end though, for any, any marriage couple is, is it doesn't matter who goes first. Right. It, 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 what really matters is you both have a heart to seek God. And when you get to that point where you're together and you hear, um, uh, that's, that's when you tend to, to move forward in the things of, of, of faith. Right. Well, I'm just talking from the standpoint of, that step that we had to take for you to end your career, to give up that income and way of living, to go into Bible college, not because you wanted to go into a, a career of ministry, but you simply wanted to seek God, to know his word, and to know who you were created to be. I had to be in that position to where I could say, yes, we're all in. That's my point. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Because that was that was going to affect me. Because you know, at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom of twin boys and hadn't left my career and had not been working. So it was going to affect every area of our life. I think you had, looking back on that is when we went to Bible school, the first went out there to check things out, where we we're going to live and so forth. Um, um, I believe that you thought Bible school was for me and God was speaking to your heart that we needed to do it together. But I don't think you received that right away. No, I, I, didn't. I think I think you rejected the fact that you thought you were gonna have to go back to work, which you really didn't feel led to do. Okay, that's right. really important because I don't believe God put it on your heart to go back to work. I know God put it on your heart to to um to um to go to Bible school with me. But in your own understanding, you're, oh, how are we going to do this? How are we going right. to do that? How are we going to make money? What are we going to do? And, and, and there's this, this, this battle between faith and fear that yeah. you had to overcome. Yeah. And I, was, I remember sitting at a stoplight when we were headed back to the college to check it out again. The Lord spoke very clearly to me. They said, Lori's going to be in Bible school with you. And I said, I called you on it. He says, no, you got to go. Yeah. 
And I think that was the first time that that you actually realized that we really needed to do it together or not really realized, actually affirmed to right. you that we're going to go do it together. Right. And and you're just going to have to let God be God and let him be the provider that he is. Because if he's going to call you out to go somewhere and do something like we did, he's going to have a provision before you. Yeah. Yeah. He will make a way. Yeah. That's his, That's what he does. Yeah. Even though it doesn't make sense, it, you it, you don't think you don't you're not sure how it's going to work. If he tells you to do something, he's going to make it happen. Because again, Deuteronomy thirty one eight, the Lord Himself goes before you, and will be with you. Mm-hmm. That's Deuteronomy thirty one. What's he saying here? He's saying if he calls you to do something, he's out in front. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that just due to time, let's pick up on that next time because you know. We were talking more about what you did, but now it's it, it also was like what I had to do because um, your decisions impacted my life in a great way. And I thought, yeah, I was going to have to go back when you said you wanted to go to Bible school. In my natural thinking, I thought I'm going to have to go back to work and started making plans for that. And then the Lord had to speak to me through different ways. And so we'll talk about really um, what I had to do to what I call circumcise my flesh to, to get my heart to where I could truly start operating in faith and not fear because fear again was my default. Um, we'll pick up on that next time because we're going to talk about what how we actually then lived by faith when we were in Bible school and how we didn't work for two years and that whole journey of really trusting God on a whole level that we had never trusted him before. And I think that's really important that we talk about that next time. So stay tuned. Um, Oh, I do want to say that you have written a book. And so I'm going to put that in the show notes. And we're going to talk about that next time, because that was a result of you going to Bible school and really hearing God and um, him putting something in your heart for you to release. So I just want to say thank you for listening today. I hope this has been encouraging. And um, if you have any questions, leave me a message, comment. Uh, We would love to hear from you because your comments really help us move forward. So until next time. Friend, I hope this podcast has blessed you. And now here is a way that you can really bless me in return. First of all, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And then go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a written review along with a five-star rating. This not only encourages me to keep going and producing these episodes, but it makes it possible for others to learn about this podcast as well. Then go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or your review and then share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories and make sure you tag me at Lori K. Snyder. So then I can share you and my stories and then we can just be social together. Together we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and this podcast helps make that possible to fulfill the Great Commission. Thank you so much and God bless.